Hello and welcome back to BCF Moment of Truth. My name is Sarah Akeh and I'm so glad that you're back again listening to another episode. We are Bethel Campus Fellowship and our mission and vision is leading students to Christ and preparing them to become reliable men and women whom God can entrust with his word for the next generation. I'm so excited about today because we will be talking about the BCF National Conference. But before we get there, I want to introduce our special guest for today. So you can share your name, your school, and how you have or currently serve in BCF. Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? My name is Mark Suma. Um, I currently, well, actually, I just graduated from the University of Maryland, and I am currently a mentor for the UMD. So that's how I currently serve in BCF. Yep. Welcome. Hello, everyone. My name is Adiel Graham. I am the president at Coppin State University. Um, where I welcome, welcome. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Toby Alke. I uh, used to attend University of Maryland College Park, graduated from there and University of Maryland in Baltimore, and I serve in BCF, BCF leadership services and training. Awesome. Yes, I am George Ude, a.k.a. Uncle George. I am the National Director for the Bethel Campus Fellowship. I've been there since 2005. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Welcome, you all. So, like I said, today we are talking about the Bethel Campus Fellowship National Conference that happens every single year in February. And if you are listening to this episode, you might be wondering, what is this conference about? What happens at this conference? I hear people go and they come back speaking in tongues. What is the deal with the BCF National Conference? Um, I think it will be good for us to first start off and just hear from you all because you have attended some of you guys multiple times. It will be good to know what your experience has been, if you have a particular testimony you can share about your time at the National Conference. So um, we can start with you, Abigail. Tell us about your time at the National Conference and share a specific testimony of what God did at this conference for you. So thank you, Sarah. And so by God's grace, I have attended three national conferences in a row since 2020. And I would say the main thing that I love about national conference is about how intentional the students are when it comes to actually fellowshipping with God. So I remember when I first went there, of Kurt. Of course, I was like nervous. I was like, "What's gonna like? What's going on? What to expect?" Like, no one kind of told me anything. It was like, "Just be ready to meet God." So, <laughs> be ready to meet and so God. I'm like, "Is it gonna be like a Moses type encounter? Like, what's gonna like what's gonna happen?" <laughs> and so I remember um, it was during worship, and I used I came from like a very religious background where it was like worship only looked like one thing, and I, it wasn't until I got to the front I saw students like actually just like kneeling on the floor. And I was like, wait, we can do that? <laughs> and so it was really just this freedom in worshiping God and this freedom in actually being real and authentic with God that really stuck out to me about National Conference. And I think that's the part that I love where it's like all of the students there, like they're all there on one mission. It's just to meet God. So there's no one there that's putting on a facade or like trying to be tough guy or tough girl. Um <laughs> Like, we're, like, literally all, like, we, we're all here to meet Jesus. And I think the, also another beautiful thing about National Conference is that it's the community. So it would be, you would run into someone and they will say, like, hey, like, you know, my name is, hey, like, hey, my name is so-and-so. Um, Really nice to meet you. Or, like, they might notice that, like, you look kind of down. And they might they might not necessarily be on prayer team or counseling team but they'll actually like sit down and talk with you like, Hey, like what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then that way you're, a you're able to actually like sharpen one another. So I would say those are the main things that stick out to me by na about national conference mm -hmm. and essentially like that testimony as well, because that was my first introduction to the actual community of not just BCF, but Christ overall. Mm -hmm. Like this is what kingdom community actually looks like us being real and authentic with God but then also being real and authentic with each other. Mm. Amen. 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 There were two um, specific things I heard in what you said. One was freedom 
And the other one was community, which is very powerful because the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I think we can all attest to the fact that God's spirit meets us at the national conference. And of course, we dwell together in unity and there is a sense of community. So that's beautiful. I love that. Um, Mark, tell us about your time at the national conference. Um, What has God done for you? What has been your experience? Why did you go? Yeah, so we uh, we give God glory. Um, so I went to conference for the first time in 2018. That was the second semester of my freshman year. And I've been going for the last <laughs> five years now. That's Woo. so crazy. Praise <laughs> God. Hallelujah. Crazy. Um, but the craziest thing is that although I've been going for the last five years, let that not, you know, let that not make it seem like it was a given to go. Um, you know, these conferences costed something, but there is a testimony when you see someone go to something multiple times, right? It's kind of crazy, but this was something that shifted my perspective. And it's the reason why I continue to go and continue to invite people to go, even people who've been before. It's because, you know, I thankfully by God's grace, I'm not prideful enough to think that I have seen all that the Lord can show me or that seeking his presence is ever going to be fruitless, or I've gotten to a place where I can stand on my own two feet. By God's grace, like, I don't know, the conference has never disappointed. Um, So the very first time I went, it was kind of crazy because I was a freshman on campus, Mm -hmm. and I had grown up in the church, and I love that Abby brought that up. Like, I grew up in, uh, you know, a very saved home, and it was something I took for granted um, prior to really encountering the Lord, um, I, I did truly get saved before college, but I love to say, and if you've heard my testimony, you've heard me say this before, but I encountered the Lord for real <laughs> in college, <laughs> right? I, I believe you can be saved, but you know, I don't know, like I have to, I had an assurance that, you know, the Lord was with me prior to college, but I knew Jesus personally for myself um, in college. So anyway, I came into college. Someone invited me to Bible study, BCF. And I was like, hey, well, uh, you know, I've been, to co- I've been around church people. Let's see what's going on, right? And <laughs> I saw something that shook me, right? And maybe y'all, some of y'all can relate to this, but I saw young people who were truly filled with a joy that was incomprehensible. Mm. I saw people who were talking about God and talking about their quiet time and talking about what they were reading. And I was literally caught with this one question. Are we serving the same God? <laughs> like these guys are talking about a God. Yeah. Like what kind of God are these people talking about? I want to know this God. Mm. Right. And I'll never forget this guy, Toby, bro. He told me, come to conference. People kept telling me, come to conference, come to conference. And I was like, fine, I'm going to just go just to, just to see this joint's not about to be anything. And, <laughs> bruh, and the Lord actually met me. I literally met, went with one expectation. It was, Lord, I want to see you. I want to mm. know the God of the Bible. I want to know who Jesus is personally for myself. I don't want to hear about you. I don't want to read about you anymore. I want to know personally that, that, that this is real, that, that you're for real. Right. And the Lord met me. Um, he met me. And ever since then, um, I don't know, I've really just been filled with a desire to pursue him, Mm. um, and to hunger and thirst for him and we give God glory. So yeah, that's kind of my testimony in a nutshell. That's (laughs) amazing. No, that's amazing. Cause sometimes there's this, um, I guess perception that the only people that need to go to the conference are those who don't know Jesus Christ at all. You know, go and grab, you know, the most rugged person you can (laughs) find. And of course, Christ is for everybody. But sometimes if you have grown up in the church, you're already born again, you're saved, you do your thing, you might think, why do I need to go to a conference if I already know God? But I love how you said, I'm not too prideful to think that I've seen all that there is to see. And I think that's what this national conference offers. It allows you to see God in a fresh way because you're away from the distractions and you're with other people who are in the same mindset seeking the same thing. So that's powerful. Thank you for sharing. Um, you yeah. mentioned, uh, and you mentioned Toby, you know, one, one, one thing that Mark said that, um, really reminded me of something was a uh, first Samuel in chapter three. And I'll just read it real quick. Cause Mark, mm. you were talking about the fact that, you know, you grew up in a saved household. In fact, actually both you and Abigail kind of mentioned that like growing up, having the knowledge of God and stuff like that. But you mentioned when you got to college, that's when you got saved, saved, <laughs> or like really encountered the Lord. Lord and really knew the Lord. Um, and one scripture, first Samuel chapter three, verse one, it says, now the boy Samuel ministered or served the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare. In those days, there was no widespread revelation. 
right? And then verse seven, it says that now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And it's powerful because, you know, this guy is Samuel. He is serving in the house of God. He's doing these things. His life is pretty much devoted to it. But the Bible says he did not yet know the Lord. And so that's the powerful thing about this conference, that you can come there saved. You can come there having some knowledge of God. But this conference is about an encounter of actually knowing the God that you've been reading about Mm -hmm. and experiencing the scripture. And that's really my testimony personally, too. My first conference 2013 in his steps. I think I remember every single conference uh, theme that I've been to, but my first one in his steps, I can't forget it. Uh, 2013, my freshman year, I almost was not going to go to conference because I'm the kind of person that's just like, oh man, people are hyping this thing up and anything that people hype up, I, I intentionally, I intentionally do the opposite of it. I just, I'm someone who doesn't want to follow the crowd. And so people were, I remember in my freshman year coming getting uh, connected with BCF, people were like, oh, are you coming to conference? Are you coming to conference? I'm just like, what is this? Like, what are you guys talking about? And does this conference have a name? Why is everybody just saying conference? conference, conference like, you know, like, like you assume, like what, what it is. Like, hey, are you coming that? to conference? Are you coming to conference? It's like, wait, what is this conference? Does it have a name? It was just like, so all the hype for me, I was like almost just like yeah I am not coming to like I'm just not gonna go I didn't have anything against it I was just like just because of the fact that everybody's hyped about doing it I'm just not gonna do it Mm. for whatever reason though I ended up going in 2013 life-changing encounter uh very briefly um that was where the Lord really very clearly revered revealed to me my purpose um helped free me from just idols I had in my life, things that I was putting above God and prioritizing more than God. The Lord really just delivered me from just a lot of toxic emotions and mindsets, um, comparison and so many different things. And so uh, that first conference was an encounter for me. And my testimony has been true that every year the conference gets better. Like every year is better. Like 2014 was better than 2013. 2015 was better than 2014. It gets better every single time. So um, that's it for me. Yeah. Wow. 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 I love hearing the different perspectives. And it's it's funny because both Toby and Mark, you guys both said like, let me just see what it's about. Like why do you happen this (laughs) thing up? And then come to find out it changes your life. And you know, the (laughs) the funny thing I realized too, is that the conference really, I'll say that it starts the moment you register, but really it starts before you've even registered because I believe God is actively reaching out to people Mm. to get them to come to this conference. I mean, most people will find out that even before, once you register, like for the conference, that things begin to happen. God begins to move in your life in different ways. And God is reaching out to each of us, no matter what distance we are from God, whether far, whether close, whatever, like God has a plan for every person who comes to this conference. And I believe he's trying to get more people to come this year as well. Mm. That's amazing. That is amazing. It reminds me of when I was, um, I think I was a sophomore and I had a calculus exam on the Friday of the conference. Mm. And, <laughs> right. And I remember, I mean, in my head, I was like, something has to happen because I, I, I can't not go. I've been going for how many years? And I what you're saying is so true because the professor, he didn't just he, he said nobody in my class is allowed to make up an exam like if you didn't take it on the day of the exam you cannot take the exam because people cheat and things like that he said you know what i'll just drop it it's not part of your grade wow. it won't count mm. you'll just only the exams you take will count towards your grade i'll just remove it completely wow. i just said wow something is going to happen at this conference i'm actually going to meet god Amen. because how does that happen yeah. in what world at college park yeah come on <laughs> so yeah yeah no it's very true Uncle George, you have been going since the beginning. (laughs) You have seen it evolve from just a leadership conference to what it is today. You've seen it go from um, uh, in the 20s and 30s of people to thousands. So I'm interested in hearing um, from you. Um, Yeah, thank you, Sarah, for that. And I thank you all for your testimonies also. For me, I'll just hit the nail on the head by saying that I have never been in a place where, you know, you just, the kingdom of God just invades the kingdom of this world, Mm. basically. And it's like a tangible invasion. It's like you can touch God's presence. Um, you know the 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 word of god just becomes sharp yeah you know you know it's the double-edged sword we read all these things and it looks like they're just ordinary words but you know when the people gather and they have the same mind Mm. there's something that shifts you know the bible says that new wine is found in a cluster Mm. when we gather and we repent Mm. 
and we are hungry mm. and thirsty for righteousness. And we, we begin to wield the weapon of praise and worship. God cannot resist all of this. He shows up. Amen. Mm. You know, he shows up. And then he, he touches mankind. You know, he delivers us from the pain and the shackles and chains that the devil has put around us. You know? So I go from year to year, and there's never a time that God failed to come. Mm. Mm. There's never a time that we have finished, you know, surrendering, and we have finished worship, mm. and God allowed young people to go home the same. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a conference that terrorizes demons <laughs> you know, demons are so afraid that mm -hmm. they do everything to, to stop, stop people us. from coming to yeah. I, mean, oh I remember one yes. I remember one particular conference when one boy young yeah. man came mm -hmm. while we were in the midst of prayer yeah. he went and Deep pulled worship. the fire the fire alarm. Alarm. yeah 2015 oh I remember yeah goodness. I can't forget that one yeah if if we had moved if pastor dada had not been in the spirit. <laughs> in the spirit. He would have allowed yeah. us to scatter. And yeah. there would have been a stampede. A stampede, People yeah. would have been killed. Yeah. But this man of God refused to shift. Mm. <laughs> he continued to pray as though the fire alarm was not. Yeah. And look, this was a mixed multitude. Yeah. People came from all over this country. Where we have been taught that once you hear the fire alarm, you should yep. you should get up and go. There no, was yeah. no reason yep. for yep. anybody to be yeah. kneeling in prayer, but <laughs> yeah. the, place, the place was quiet. Yeah, somber. Everybody was just yeah. quiet. Wow. Yeah, and the man of mm -hmm. God was praying. Yeah, Layering, come yep. the next day, that young man confessed that he was sent to scatter the conference. Yeah, yes, he confessed because he had to get delivered. He was delivered in that conference. The demons were speaking through him yeah that he was sent mm. to destroy he started with causing an accident on the road it didn't happen he came and pulled the alarm it didn't happen by morning he was set free yeah his wow. yeah. so i just see god's presence mm. from 2006 up to the last conference there's no type of deliverance that we have not done there's no mm. type of demon that has not been cast out so I see the fulfillment <laughs> of the word of the word of God. Yes. I see the power in the name of, of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what that encourages me to do? It encourages me to go back and continue to practice those things. Amen. Because if you can see it happen, then you know it's authentic. Then you know it's then you know it's real. And you yeah. can go back to your church. And implement and imp start implementing these realities. Yes. So that's what it does to me. Even though I'm a pastor, I am not a student, but you know, I'm a professor on campus. Mm -hmm. But these things these things enable me to continue to trust the Lord. Yes. Amen. And to believe that the word of God is mm -hmm. exactly what it is. Yeah. Yes. And what he says. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amen. And I, I love that you mentioned, you said, you know, even though I'm not a student, I'm a professor, the reality is that the national conference has grown. And now we see not only our students in undergrad attending, but we have high school students attending. We have those in graduate school attending. Yeah, we even have school, yeah. professionals attending, people who are full-blown lawyers, full-blown doctors. We have parents accompanying their children. We have pastors accompanying their youth. We have mothers with young children who are coming. Mm -hmm. So it's clear that this conference and what God does at this conference is relevant to everybody. And that actually brings me to this upcoming national conference because we know the theme is Christ, Christ, on, Christ campus. on campus, Christ yep. on campus. And there may be some who are on campus who understand why it's relevant to them, but there may be others who are like, okay, Christ on campus. How is that relevant to me? So I want to talk about just what to expect for this upcoming conference. If you don't know, the theme comes from Acts chapter 19, verses 8 to 10, where it says, and he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. 
But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. In the scripture, we see that they were starting off in the synagogues. They were preaching boldly for three months, but it wasn't received. So where did they go? They went to the schools. They went to campus. So I want to, um, with the scripture in mind, I want to ask you all, what should one expect or what are you expecting for this conference? We all come from various places. I'm an alumni. Toby's an alumni. Uncle George is a professor. You all working in school. So what are you expecting? What should one expect from this upcoming national conference? Sure. You go ahead. So I would say the main thing to expect from national conference is empowerment mm. and encouragement in mm. the word of God. And the reason why I say that is because um, my personal testimony is that before coming to national conference, I was not considering like leadership at all. I just wanted, I wanted to be a college Christian. Like, so I wanted to like be like, maybe like say a prayer or two in the dining hall, say a prayer or two in the residence halls and just be like that Jesus girl. And it wasn't until national conference, I really, I really realized I was like, wow, like God, like you placed me at this campus for me to not whisper the word of God, but mm. to actually proclaim it. Amen. And so I feel like this conference, it's for those that are willing and those that feel like they're not ready as um, as well, too. Mm. So just come with an open heart and saying, like, God, I want to be a part of this commission. I know that the Great Commission is for us to go forth and make disciples, um, but I just need to know where to start. Mm. And I feel like national, I know that national conference is a really great place to start because you get that empowerment, you get that encouragement. Um, I remember... My first national conference was Send Me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, like, by that last day, I remember, like, looking around, and we were all just, like, on fire. We were like, send me wherever, God. Like, like, <laughs> like, like where are you send me? I'll do it. And I remember um, it was Uncle George that got, um, like, on the final word on that Sunday. He was like, I know some of you are ready to, like, you know, go to, like, the outer, like, the outer ends of the earth. But start off where you're at, like where God has placed you. Mm. And so I would say that is the main expectation to really receive that empowerment and that encouragement and that boldness. Um, So if you're a believer and you're, and you know that you're not bold, but you want to be bold, but you don't know where to start. Mm. I would say, start with national conference. Amen. 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 It's powerful. No, so powerful. It reminds me of, um, you know, my uh, experience coming into college, and this goes into my expectations for the conference. I think that any person uh, coming to this conference, like Abigail said, should expect to be empowered. But uh, one thing that what she said reminded me of was the fact that when I was coming to from high school to college, I was saved. And my whole thing was like, man, I'm going to college. I know this is kind of like a recipe for people to just like lose their faith. You know, that's kind of the common thing that happens. And um, I really love what Abigail said, because coming into college and getting connected with BCF, going to conference was a revelation for me that I can not only be on campus as a Christian and survive, but I can actually thrive and lead others to Christ at the same time. Like coming from high school and going into college, there was this prospect, this expectation of like, wow, like maybe like I'm going to like fall away or like lose my faith and then come back when I'm 25 or whatever the case may be. Or just, you know, I was so anticipating trying to figure out a way to hold on to my faith and just to maintain my faith. But I believe this conference, as every conference has done uh, for me, is going to strengthen people, but also help them to realize that they're more than a conqueror and they can actually lead others with them. In fact, God gave that mandate. He gave that commission because it can be fulfilled, that you can not only survive in your Christian walk, live a godly life on campus, but also be able to lead others proactively to his kingdom as well. Yeah, yeah. that's. I think that's really good. I think for me, when it comes to expectation, I think about, honestly, if you want to know the future leaders of the world, get on campus. If you want to know what's currently plaguing the majority of society, get on campus 
campus will tell you everything you need to know about where we currently are and where we're headed. And also just knowing, when I think about myself when I was on campus, those are the years where you are getting into yourself, into knowing what you are, what you believe, why you believe what you believe. I remember I, I had classes where it was clear that the professor wanted to undo our faith with certain questions. And a lot of people on campus find themselves at a crossroads. And what happens whether they go left or right at that crossroad will determine a lot and it will impact us too because the people that are in Congress right now that you may not agree with or the doctors at the hospital, they were all on campus at one point. Mm. And so um, for me, the reason why I'm so excited about this upcoming conference is because I believe that God is going to remind me again why Christ on campus matters, Amen. especially today. And I believe that, like Abigail said, he's going to empower me um, to be able to now go back and run with that vision that he gives me. And I think that it's relevant to everybody, whether you are on campus or not on campus. I mean, I'm an alumni now. I have a child now. So it's really a sacrifice to go to this conference. But I know and I expect for every single person who attends that God will fan a flame inside of us to go back on campus for those who really, really need to hear this life-changing gospel. Amen. Amen. Um, I really love the point that was brought up by both Toby and um, Sarah because it's crazy. So I used to be an RA on campus, right? I was actually RA for the majority of my time on campus. And it's really the reality that people come to college and they find themselves mm. because, you know, it's crazy when I was and I realized this actually even before I was an RA, but I saw it more clearly um, afterwards, but you know, college is kind of like this testing ground, right? It's like almost a trial by fire. It's kind of like how I think about it because your parents aren't around, mm -hmm. your old friends aren't around and there's this temptation. And in fact, it's not even a temptation, but almost this pressure to redefine yourself, mm -hmm. rebrand right? yourself. Yeah, yeah, if you had yeah. any like dissatisfactions with who you are or what your upbringing was like, college is that place where people go to like, to change who they are, to mm -hmm. become somebody new. Right. And I think this this topic or, um, you know, this theme is so timely because e even the statement Christ on campus, literally it, it for me personally, when I hear that, it leads me to a questioning of even my own capacity to be Christ like. Right. And, and follow me on this. It's like if Christ is on campus, then it follows that. <laughs> It's not more of Mark, right, mm. that's coming back from the conference. Mm. It's not more of the ego. It's not more of, you know, any of the past shame or guilt. It's actually Christ who is on campus, Amen. Wow. right? I believe, um, you know, it's the Apostle Paul, right, who said that, it, it you know, in, in one of, you know, uh, New Testament verses, right, it is no longer I who live, mm. but Christ who lives in me, right? Because yes. there is a grace to actually change and transform, yeah. right? So... Um, yeah, honestly, I, I think one of my biggest expectations, um, and really one of the biggest expectations anyone coming to the conference can have is really for a transformation. Mm. It is for a transformation. In fact, if you look at yourself and you're like, okay, I have been, you know, a less than Christian, or I'm not the kind of Christian who can talk to other people about my faith mm. because I've messed up so many times, or I'm not a good mm. speaker. Even Moses wasn't a good speaker, right? <laughs> um, it's like, that's actually okay. In fact, yes. you're in a position where Jesus can meet you mm. because the exact kind of person, right, who can yield is someone who recognizes they are not enough, right? Mm. Um, so I'm really excited, and I think that's probably one of two of the most important things that we can keep in mind Wow, um, going in. What you said about it's actually Christ on campus. That is so powerful. We go to the national conference bringing whatever we bring, but we come back and get on campus as Christ, as ambassadors of Christ, powerful. Amen. Yeah, one scripture I just wanted to share in the way of expectations is Luke chapter 19, verse 30. Um, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, go into the villages opposite you where you, whereas, whereas you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. This is what I expect is going to happen at this year's conference. You know, the Bible, Jesus is telling his disciples to go and get a, a donkey, a colt that nobody has never ridden on and has been tied down. 
And I believe, as Uncle George mentioned, as we all know, as people who've attended the conference, there's a massive uh, wave of God not only delivering people, but saving people so that they can become servants, right? Yeah. You know, Abigail talked about her conference she went to was Save to Serve. And this donkey that was tied up, it was bound, it was restricted, it was limited, was now loose because the Lord has need of it. I believe there are people that the Lord has need of who are yet even born again. They're not even in the kingdom yet, but God is going to save them through this conference and bring them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, fill them with the Holy Spirit and set them to be in a position for Christ to literally ride on them into campus as he (laughs) rode on this donkey. And so I love this scripture because this is what I believe is going to happen. There's going to be deliverance, setting free, but then a new purpose is going to be given. The donkey that was never ridden on before, that was not being utilized, that was not fulfilling this purpose is now going to be rendered for the master's use. And I believe there are many people who are going to have that noble uh, use that's going to be rendered unto them this uh, year as National Conference uh, changes their lives. So I'm excited for that. Amen. 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 I will add to this conversation because, um, again, it's exciting. Um, Whenever I hear Christ on campus, many of you will, you know, know that this is this two point. Yeah, yeah, second time. Um, And then it makes sense, right? Our vision is leading students to Christ, to Christ, and preparing them, preparing to them to become reliable men and women that God can entrust, entrust with, with His, his word, word for the next generation. Yeah. So, uh, students are on campuses. Students are on, com- on campuses, and whether they live there or they are coming from home, they are just mostly on campus. So, what does Christ on campus mean? for me and what are the expectations from this conference i just remember being in a wedding i think it's landy and lance's uh, wedding mm. and uh, during the reception i was sitting at, you know with uh, a lady my wife and i were sitting then the lady was across the table you know how you all eating and everybody's silent <laughs> and minding their business <laughs> sometimes i keep quiet but some other times i just talk so i just we just i just asked her her name and she said, said uncle George, you don't remember me? I said, no, I don't remember you. And she was like, I I, I gave my life to Christ in Susan So Conference, mm. National Conference, you know, and she was so excited about, you know, this lady is not on campus. I mean, she somebody invited her to this conference. She wasn't even a, a student. student. Yeah, at the time, I know her, yeah. You know, and she gave her life to Christ. And then, she was testifying about how many countries she has been as a missionary since that conference. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. you have exceeded even me that convened the conference. You come from nation to nation yeah. proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ as Lord. Mm. I was amazed. It started from her going to a conference, just being dragged to a conference. She wasn't she didn't <laughs> run to that conference. Somebody pleaded, somebody orchestrated, somebody planned, and she went and that changed her life. And now she's a missionary. Amen. She was telling me she's now ready to come and go to school. That's actually why she came back to the States to see if she can get some formal education. Oh wow. Um so this conference is not a conference that we do to make a name. You know, it's not, we don't go there to make names. We don't, that, you don't see a, a face of a man on our poster. Yeah. Mm. You know, oh, national conference, come, this person is coming to speak, this bishop. <laughs> no, 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 we don't do that. You don't see a national conference. It gets people confused. What type of national conference is this? <laughs> is Billy Graham coming, you know? <laughs> you know? It's very coming. What type of nonsense is that? What type of power are you talking about? But then we go and we meet Jesus Christ. So Amen. we are ambassadors of Christ. I think you said it. Yes. We are returning to our campuses. You know, just so before I stopped uh, talking, I want to remind us that this the the BCF runs uh, three different conferences within the National Conference Series. Our vision is leading students to Christ, preparing them, discipleship, right? Leading them to Christ's evangelism, preparing them is discipling them. And then the third arm of our vision is that God can entrust with his word 
for the next generation, which is ministry now. So we we lead you, we disciple you, and we throw you out <laughs> to go and bear fruit. Yeah. So you fulfill this cycle as a student. You become born again, quickly you are discipled, and then quickly you begin to perform on behalf of Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's what it is. We don't believe in a, a, this Nometusela uh, lived for 900 years. <laughs> and that's all you read about him in the Bible. You know, he lived for 900 years. We are not like that. You can be born again to them fulfill your ministry tomorrow. Amen. It's not by power, it's not by might, it's by the Holy Spirit. So I'm anticipating that this conference will lead to another population, a great population, a great army. You know, we shall become an army released into the campuses in America mm. to go and proclaim the gospel afresh with power, Amen. with authority. Amen. 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 Yes. And also building on what Uncle George said as well, um, I'm glad that Uncle George brought up um, an army. And so... I know that we have been saying the word ambassador, um, an ambassador of Christ a lot um, during our conversation. And for those like that may not know essentially what it is, is that when you go to a national conference and when you receive that empowerment, it's almost as if God has given you a badge, like, like an actual badge. And when you go back to your campus, it's like, hey, I am here in the name of Jesus Christ. And I've, I've come to proclaim Jesus to you and we understand that like when you have a badge you're not going as yourself but you're going as a representative of the person that gave you that badge which is Jesus Christ Amen. and so we are essentially going in Christ's power saying like hey I don't come in my own name but I come in the name of Jesus and I have come to proclaim Jesus to you and it's not an aggressive thing um, where it's like almost like against people's will that we're dragging them into the kingdom. But it's almost to a point of like, I've encountered this God that has changed my life and I want to change your life too. Amen. And I think it also takes another level of the Holy spirit to see someone that went through what you went through and say like, I went through the same thing and I know the way out. Mm. And that's where Christ comes in. And that's where you're actually able to lead them to to Christ and then with that when you actually pull them out of the fire and they're saved it's like okay you're now saved but now we have to go get others yeah. as well Amen. and so it's just this cycle of like you're saved you get someone you pull them both of you you go and you get more and you get more and you get more and I think that's also the beauty of national conference and also the kingdom agenda as well Amen. 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 These are all these are all really, really, really good things. And thank you all for sharing, first of all, your testimonies, which were great, and also what you're expecting. Um, I know that there may be someone listening who has not yet registered for the conference or someone who has registered, but you are praying for specific people to attend this conference. Well, let me tell you, registration is open until February 8th. 2023 so you still have some time to register you still have some time to pray you still have some time to plead just like um the lady uh george was testifying about how people brought her and even <laughs> in a sense dragged her to the national conference and so i'm gonna let everyone share just one a one-liner to encourage anyone who is in either of those positions, either they have not yet registered, maybe they're on the fence, maybe they don't have the money, they don't know how to fundraise, maybe they're scared, maybe they feel like it's not going to be worth the money that, you know, is being asked for registration, or someone who is losing hope about somebody who they're hoping to attend the conference. What is one thing that you can tell them to encourage them to register? Yep, you can go ahead, Mark. Um, okay, so... I feel like this is, I, I just want to go ahead and jump in because I literally had this conversation with somebody, um, you know, in, in, in the fellowship, right, encouraging them to sign up, um, and it was a fruitful discussion, but let's be 100% real, right, if you have heard of BCF National Conference, if you have been attending fellowship, um, somebody has put you on to it, and, you know, by this point in time, you haven't signed up, like, let's be real, the money is usually not the issue, right? If somebody, <laughs> the money is usually not the issue. Let's be real. Like, I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's no money, but it's like, you know, we spend money on clothes, on food. If you tally it up, Hair. bro, I spent like $200 going out 
last month. Crazy. <laughs> um, you know, and it's like if if there if you haven't registered yet, usually it's it's a question of, okay, is this actually going to be worth it? Mm-hmm. Um, and a verse that I really, really believe will encourage somebody in this moment is Hebrews eleven. Uh, I believe it's verse six. It's um, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it in front of me, but it says something along the lines of anyone who comes to God has to believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Right. Yes. Because God is a God of faith. Right. If we come to God, we have to have faith that he is who he says he is, um, you know, or or else if we don't believe, then, you know, why would we expect to, to receive anything? Right. And the encouragement is this. Right. The more walls stand between you and coming to conference the more faith is required to get there. And if you, by God's grace, can find yourself registered and at this conference and on the bus and expectant, that is faith. And God cannot ignore someone who comes to him with faith. In fact, the more that it costs you to get there, not monetarily, but maybe it's monetarily, but the more that it costs for you to go there, the more of an encouragement it is that you should actually go. The more, um, in my mind, we should actually ask ourselves, okay, cool, God, if if this is something that's going to be very hard for me or I don't really believe you can reach me given what I've experienced, then actually stepping out in faith is something that God actually rewards. Um, and the Lord is faithful in this. So I, I want you guys, if you're hearing this and that's your position and that word for you is, is moving in a different way, right? I want you to test the Lord in this, right? If you put in faith, see to it that he will not disappoint you. So that's Amen. that's what I would say. Amen. 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 Thank you for sharing. Yep. I would say my encouragement for the person that wants to go to national conference but may not have it or the one that is going um, but still doesn't know what to expect, I would say my encouragement is God will do it. Amen. Amen. God will do it. And I say that only because I have known people personally and then even myself as a testimony that has wants to, wanted to go to national conference and literally has not had the money. And out of nowhere, someone will say, hey, I'll sponsor you. Mm. And when you make that prayer request to God, because God God is a father and he hears the cries of his children, if you, like, if you tell God, like, God, I want to experience you at this conference, but I do not have the money. Like, you know my situation, you know I don't have the money. God will do it. Amen. God will do it. Amen. 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 Yeah, my um, simple thing that I would say is the most consistent testimony I hear after the conference is that um, the one thing people say they regret is that they wish somebody else they knew came with them. And um, you don't want to miss this transformative experience for yourself, but you also don't want to uh, miss an opportunity to bring someone who you're connected to so that their life can be changed forever. Um, I always hear that all the time, man, I wish this person came. I wish I invited this person too. you know, so many people go for the first time and they're reluctant and then they go and then they're wishing that their whole family came with them. <laughs> and then they're like, oh man, do I really have to wait all the way till next year, another February before, <laughs> you know, it's just that powerful. I know people who their whole family, even this past conference, their whole family, they brought, brought all their siblings, you know, um, and it was an encounter for all of them. It was powerful, but um, yeah, don't miss this opportunity. Um, don't have to wait another year for this monumental encounter um, that we're believing God is going to do as he's always done. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes, I will just say say it quickly. God will hear you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Come to this conference. It's not even about you going to help others. Amen. You know, it's that God himself will pick you up and transform your life mm. and change you the way you never thought you would be changed. Amen. Amen. That's the truth. You come with your diseases, he's able mm-hmm. to take it away. Amen. You come with your confusion, he's able to restore your mind. You come with from abuse, the Lord will show you compassion and show you how you know how love what love looks like. Amen. Um Amen. God will God God is he knows our needs. Yeah. Um so I'm not even just going there to go and learn how to help others. Yeah. I need help. <laughs> you know, I need, I need help. Lord, I need help. Yeah. And Lord, I'm crying out. I really, really need a lot of help for myself. Yes. Amen. And I know he will comfort us. 
He will encourage us. He will deliver us, you know, yeah. from ancestral things that we cling on to, from familiar spirits, you know, from mental challenges. You know, people are losing their minds. But God promised us sound mind. Yes, yeah. You know, even those that are believers that are no longer able to control their feelings and emotions, the Lord will give you self-control back. Amen. You know, drinking alcohol, that people are flourishing on on substances. Mm. They're no longer able to come out without taking something, without drinking something, without secretly. Even believers, the Lord will restore your capacity to operate in, in his spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, um, and I have two scriptures I just want to read for so many people uh, who have been in church, but they have never seen a miracle. Mm. You know, you have mm. been in church, mm. but you have never, never experienced the active word of God. And you, are, you, are, you, you feel like God is not real because all you haven't taught is religion. <laughs> Come to this conference and see young people expressing the Holy Ghost not because they are manipulated, not because they have listened to false prophets, mm. just because they come like children. Mm. He said, come to me like little children. He said, bring them to me. Don't forsake, don't, don't hinder them. You know, so that's encouraging. That's very encouraging that people are able to just be themselves but encounter God Amen. and yes. see the power of God. I've never seen where the power, the Holy Spirit comes for real. I mean, people start speaking in tongues <laughs> instantly <laughs> without people telling them how to speak it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, when the Holy Ghost comes, people just speak in tongues. It's not because somebody told them, say, ah, 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 ah. So no, no, no. <laughs> God is able to give people tongues because that's what he does. Yeah. So I... I have never seen again where people weak, the weak become suddenly strong. Yes. Where, you know, the prodigal just comes to his senses so quickly, so sharply. Um, and it's not under the 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 the, the, the uh, pulpit of mighty men of God. It's under the pulpit of children. <laughs> you know, so I read the scripture and um I I I I will stop here. I said that which was from the beginning, that's first John chapter one, one to four. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have mm-hmm. touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. Many people are not preaching the gospel because they grew up in places where mm-hmm. they have not seen anything. Mm. They have not heard anything yeah. powerful. Mm. He said the life appeared, we have seen it mm. and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Mm. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. Mm. Yes. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. We write this to make our joy complete. So come to this conference to see. I know many people that became deliverance ministers because they saw how deliverance was being done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, not being manipulated. Just the name of Jesus, Jesus. in the mouth of anyone that is a follower of him. He said, this sign shall follow them that believe. But if you have never seen it, how can you practice that? Right. Amen. You know, the other one is, uh, the, you know, um, I believe this is John chapter 1, 40 to 45. And I'm encouraging those now who just think that you know, who live for themselves. There are some people that are so selfish, they just live for themselves. So, for instance, no, forgive me if I said you are selfish. <laughs> maybe, you are not, maybe you are not. Maybe you just don't know. Let's look at this scripture um, in, in uh, John chapter 140. I said, Andrews, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother, Mm. Simon, and tell him, we have found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, now Jesus Christ himself is finding another person. The first person... Uh, John referred 
um, Andrew, Andrew to Jesus. And G- Andrew went and dragged his brother, Peter, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now Jesus continues the journey, he finds Philip. Phil- then, let me read it properly. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, did you see the chain? Yeah. Now Philip finds who? Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So nobody gets to hear the gospel until somebody else speaks to them. Mm. So I'm saying, so those of you that are not even talking to people about this national conference, you, somebody paid for you to go to this conference. You took advantage of it. The Lord touched your life. And today you are not able to bring a single soul to this national conference. I want to think that that's the definition of selfishness. Because if you went there and the Lord blessed you so much, even though you don't even care about campus ministry, that's why I say the primary thing is not even that you go and do campus ministry. It's that you will be saved. Now you, you got saved by going once. You went again and again. Maybe you don't come again. But that does not stop you from telling another person to go and have the same experience. Mm. So I'm pleading with us, you know, send someone to this conference. The Lord will meet them and they will return different people. That's what this conference is about. You know, the Bible said we shall receive power. After that, we shall become what? Witnesses. Witnesses. You know, so... um, this conference is about repentance. It's about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's about restoration of what the enemy has stolen from us. Mm. And it's about launching out to become fishers of men mm. at the end of three days. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God has never, never failed us. Hallelujah. And has never, never, never disappointed. <laughs> in 18 years. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you for sharing. And to those who are listening, I hope that you were encouraged. I hope that you were inspired to go ahead and register and get your family registered, your friends registered, because truly this is going to be a life changing conference. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. But before that, remember the deadline is February 8th. So there is still time to register. Do not delay. Do not delay. So, Father, we just want to thank you for this episode and this discussion and conversation that we've had. Lord, I just pray for everybody who is listening. God, I pray, um, Lord, that you would just capture our hearts again. God, that we would not see it a waste to dedicate three days to seeking your face, to um, pulling away from the distractions, from um, stopping the, the, the endless scrolling on social media and just letting our minds run aimlessly and avoiding the things that are in our hearts that are affecting us deep, deep down, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. God, I pray that, Lord, we would decide to come and face our maker and to allow you to restore us from the inside out. Lord, we know that money It's not an issue for you. Money does not stop God's work. So, Father, I pray for every person who's believing you for the finances. Father, we pray that you would make it happen, that you would do a miracle. Father, let the conference experience start even now in the way that you are able to provide for people to attend this conference. We just thank you, Lord, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.